The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on, lift your voices again. Thank Jesus for his resurrection, Easter Sunday morning. <laughs> wow, you may be seated. What a great start. We're off in this Easter Sunday morning where our theme is before and after. I want to welcome you again. If you're new to us here in the room, we just love that you're with us today, worshiping with us, and we hope that you'll come again and uh, make, harvest your, make harvest your church and worship with us. We've called this our before and after Easter weekend. If you're online, we want to welcome you as well. We love the stories that come in online. Thank you for letting us know who you are and that you're watching. We had a, a lady just last week that was it came up on her Facebook feed that our service was online. She told us by way of a note that she texted in that she was contemplating ending her life last Sunday morning, but watched the stream and said peace flooded over her heart. She changed her mind. She knows that God has a purpose for her. That's just an amazing story. So we love you online. We'd love that you join with us. Before and after is our theme. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. The old has gone. That's the before. The old is gone, and the new is here, present tense. That's the after that we live in as Christ followers in the resurrection life of Jesus. Romans says it this way. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, and he does that as you ask him to do that. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus died for the world, but it becomes personal when you invite him into your heart, into your life. He'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. That's the before. His spirit, with, with his spirit living in you, your body will be made as alive as Christ. That's the after. Lord Jesus, we thank you today as we celebrate your resurrection. Today, Lord, that we would understand that Easter was not an event. And it's not an event today. It's an experience. To experience your death, your burial, and your resurrection. And to live today in eternal life. Father, if anyone's here today and that's not their experience, they haven't experienced that yet, let today be their day of salvation, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, that's what we're celebrating today. Jesus died for me in my place, taking my sin onto the cross. He was buried. He took my sin with him to the grave. And one of the stories uh, that our service began with from one of the candidates, Mark, who's getting water baptized today, said, I live with things in my past, and I'm believing for those to go. If something happens when we put faith and understand that Jesus stayed in the tomb for three days. Our sin stays in the tomb. The Bible says that God doesn't remember them. And I don't know how he does that. That's what makes him God. I remember them every day, it seems. But if God doesn't remember then why are you remembering and why am I remembering? There's actually a way to be cut from our past and to live in our after, which is the third day when Jesus busted out of the grave and gave us resurrection life, and we live in our after. The people that are being baptized today have experienced this. They are publicly saying, I want to identify with his death, with his burial, and with 
his resurrection. They're saying the old is gone and the new is come. I have a hope and I have a future. This is my before and after. Hi, my name's Christina and I've been at Harvest for about five years. My life over the last couple of years has not been you know, too easy. I've been very depressed. I've, I uh, honestly, I didn't want to live anymore. I, uh, I lost my faith. I lost my, like I, I had to quit my job because of it. I was in a very, very dark spot. Today, I'm here to uh, tell you a story about how Jesus came down and he saved my life. Christina, we're appreciative today of you telling your story. We're gonna hear parts of the story throughout the remainder of our speaking time and hear the exciting story of Christina's before and her after. At Harvest, there are four things that we believe that God has for every single person. In fact, it's our mandate and our mission here at Harvest. And so if this is your first time or you've been here for a while, um, our heart for you is that you would know God. You would find freedom. You would discover purpose and you would make a difference with your life. When we talk about knowing God, we talk about knowing him, it's not a knowing and understanding there is a God. That word means experientially. Having an experience, as I read a moment ago, with the ever-living God that lives today, present tense. We want you to know him and know him better each and every day, know him more. There's a famous hymn called Amazing Grace. We hear it in so many contexts and often at funerals. It was written in 1779, a long time ago, by a pastor who was illustrating his New Year's Eve sermon. And one of the refrains that might be familiar probably is to you, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Pastor was talking about his before. I once was lost, his before, but now I'm found, his after. I was blind, but now I can see. The song, go ahead, give thanks to the Lord if you relate to that this morning. Applause is welcome at all times during the sermon. Thank you. Helps pastor preach a little better. Although there's so much energy and Holy Spirit power in this room, I don't think, I think I could leave the mic just standing here. It would preach by itself. And so Pastor Newton that wrote this in 1779 was talking about a story in the Bible that I want to talk about today. It was about a man who was born blind. He lived his life into his adult years not being able to see the colors, the tapestries of what is around us. He only saw darkness. And Jesus was in uh, the synagogue one day, and this man happened to be uh, attending synagogue, and he had an encounter with Jesus. He had an experience with Jesus. And that experience, meeting Jesus, knowing Jesus, changed his life forever because he was blind, but Jesus touched him. He was able to see. He was healed, and his sight was restored. And when he was asked, what happened? How did this really take place? He, he didn't really know. And I love his declaration, and it's the declaration of the Amazing Grace Psalm. He simply said to the people that were asking that day in synagogue, I don't know, but one thing I know for sure, 
I once was blind, but now I see. I know that for sure. I had an experience that changed my life. And oftentimes when you hear people try to describe a, a, a transformation of a before and after, something that they, when they encounter Jesus and, and their eyes, so to speak, are open, they go, I can't explain it to you. I just know I've met him. I know he's real and I have a relationship with him today. I know one thing for sure. I was blind, but now I see. And I'd say about mid-February, we had a like prayer night and I, I came into church and honestly, I wasn't even gonna come. But I came anyways. And uh, at the end, we came up, for, I went up for prayer and uh, Karen was praying over me. And honestly, in the moment, I felt like I didn't really get much. Like a thought came into my head that like, there's obviously something he wanted me to hear or I wouldn't have went. Um, so I listened to the recording. I listened to it like at least seven or eight times, just over and over again. And in that recording, uh, she was saying like, he's gonna give me a voice. He's gonna give me the confidence to use that voice that he was just happy that I was here. And when I was hearing that, it just, it clicked in my mind that like, I wasn't meant to die. And when I did feel his presence, it was like my whole body was being held. It was like a, like a mother or a father holding their child and saying like, everything's gonna be okay. And for the first time in my life, I felt like everything was gonna be okay. Like, <laughs> like I was, like I wasn't forgotten. As soon as I allowed, I like asked for him to come into my life that day because I had never really asked him to come into my life. But I asked him to like open my eyes and help me remember what was important. And when I did, it was like, like I said, like somebody was just like holding me. Like it was like the warmest, most beautiful, most powerful hug. Like all the pieces that were broken in, inside just. It was like they were just put back together and like it was like he was saying like I got you and you're okay and and it was like I believed him from there it just everything started changing <laughs> you see when we experience Jesus in a real way there really is that phrase I see and and Christina used it I asked him to open my eyes so I could see and later after the miracle, and there was a bit of a kerfuffle in synagogue because it happened to be on the Sabbath, and you're not allowed to work on the Sabbath, and the religious people, and by the way, the Pharisees in the Bible, the religious people, are like religious people today. They've never met Jesus because they didn't recognize who he was, but they'll tell you what you're supposed to do. They themselves have never had an experience with Jesus, but they're really good at telling everybody else what to do. Those guys are giving Jesus a hard time. And so the disciples are debriefing with Jesus after the miracle. And he said, the miracle is a physical eyes opening. But he said, I came to earth to open up people's eyes spiritually. 
Because we can't understand spiritual things unless as we have this encounter with Jesus in that moment and realize how real he is, how much he loves us, and our eyes are literally open to see his love, to see his compassion, to see his empathy, not his anger. Jesus is not angry at us today. He hung on the cross with his arms wide open saying, I love you this much. And as we put our faith in him, we can have an experience, the beginning of our before and after. Another day, Jesus went in the synagogue, and he met a man there with a crippled hand. And in this case, the man wasn't born this way. Something had happened in his life along his journey. We don't know when or where, but we know by the, the way that the scriptures read that his shriveled up, crippled hand, and perhaps even his arm, that something had happened in his life to do that. Something out of his control, something he didn't choose, something that had left him disfigured and crippled. The man in the story was physically crippled, but many of our stories here in the room also include things that have happened to us, things that have taken place that have caused us emotional and mental crippling. We didn't ask for it to happen. We didn't want it or choose it to happen. So many of us have experienced things in this life that have left us, so to speak, crippled and emotionally, phys not physically, but emotionally disfigured. People say it this way, after the diagnosis, my life has never been the same. After my divorce, life has just never been the same. After the loss of my mom or the loss of my dad or after that traumatic incident that we experienced as a family. Life has never been the same. And they're describing the crippling of an event that can happen in life, one that we didn't choose, one that we didn't want to have happen to us, but nonetheless happened in life. And Jesus said to that man, stretch out your hand. Jesus was asking him to do what was impossible. He couldn't possibly uncripple himself. He can't, if I could stretch out my hand, I would. Jesus, do you, do you see? Do you see me? Do you understand that something traumatic has happened in my life? I'm, I'm crippled. He couldn't reverse the effects of what had happened to him. He couldn't change it. If he could have, he would have done it by now. But in that moment, as he stood beside Jesus, experiencing his love, experienced his compassion for him, Jesus was inviting him to move from his before into his after. When I was a kid, I was, I was sexually assaulted by somebody that I should have been able to trust, um, somebody who should have been a protector in my life that he ended up hurting me so horribly that I honestly didn't know who I was as I was just surviving what this person did to me. The day that I, that I discovered Jesus or that he found me, I was praying for him to forgive me for the way I'd been living my life, how I'd turned away and, and I was just, um, he kept le leading me to scriptures that kind of led me to believe that he wanted me to forgive my abuser and uh, every <laughs> everything in me told me I can't do it 
So I just, I prayed. I said, God, I can't do this. I said, but you can. I said, you can do this. I said, I need your strength so I can do this. And then that's when I felt like my whole entire body was put back together. It was like he was, it was like he gave me his strength in that moment and it was instant. It was like my whole entire body it was the most warm, comforting hug that a person, I can't even describe how comforting that hug was. And I just knew in that moment, like, I can do this. So I prayed for his forgiveness and I started praying out loud and I said, I forgive him for what he did despite all the damage it caused, caused all the pain and the suffering I suffered from what he did. I said, despite all of that, I forgive him. And I said it out loud and it was like, it was like relief. It was like the anger and all the frustration I'd been feeling over the last couple of years and all the, the pain just stopped. Jesus said to a man whose arm could not move, it was crippled. He asked that man in faith to stretch it out. I'm telling you today as I stand here that there is a resurrected Jesus. What is What has been disfigured in your life? What have you experienced that you felt like, I'm stuck in this, that my life can never change because of what has taken place? But today Jesus is saying to you the way he said to the man, stretch out your hand, the way he said to Christina in her moment of experiencing Jesus, she said, I couldn't possibly, forgiveness is too big, I, I can't possibly, and then she retreated into herself and said, but I know you can, and so that man at that moment understood it as well, and he did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. There was a miracle that took place. And this word restored means it was put back the way God intended it to be. It was restored like his other that had not experienced whatever this other arm had experienced. And it is possible that even when we've experienced disfiguring traumatic events in our life, that Jesus loves us so much that he says, give me your life, stretch your life out toward me, and I can change it. I can give you a new today and a better change tomorrow. Come on, somebody. Even when we have whatever it might be, that we can reach it out to Jesus today, and he can, he can change it. It is not just put back the way it was. It's better than it was before. You might be here today like uh, Kevin, who was in the story at the beginning of our service, who experienced the death of his child. Uh, there was a the day that his child was born. It also passed away. It died. And Kevin, in his story, te uh, tells the story. He goes, I didn't understand why God would do that. And so because he thought God was the author of his pain and God was the author of that circumstance, he didn't know how to relate to God. I'm here to tell you today that man is the reason Satan tempted mankind in the garden. And we're the ones that open the door for sin into our own lives and the consequences of sin in the world. And so the world does not work the way it should, not because there's an unkind God, but because that is the consequences of humanity turning their back and allowing sin to come. 
But God didn't stop working. He started working in the garden to bring the antidote to sin, to bring the antidote to brokenness, to bring a solution to the crippledness in our lives, to bring hope where there was no hope. And God's been working on our behalf. Kevin, God's been working on your behalf. We're going to celebrate your water baptism in just a moment. But God is working. He's not against us. He is for us. And in the midst of pain, in the midst of difficulty that we don't understand. The promise of the Bible is this. In Joel chapter 2, I, God said, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. This story is about a plague that came upon the, the nation of Israel, and these locusts chewed up the harvest, chewed everything up, mass swarms of these huge grasshoppers. Every farmer knowing that his future uh, was, was well, there was no future. There wouldn't even be food to eat. And for years, uh, there was difficulty in the nation because these locusts have wiped out the, the uh, crops so badly. There wasn't seed to be even planted the following year. And as they were living in this famine time, they began to cry out to God. And God who loves and God who has empathy and God who has compassion answered that prayer. And he said, not only will I reverse the effects of what the locusts have eaten, listen to it now, I will give you back the years. I will give you back the years. Somebody's in the room today and something's taken place in your life. And you, you could be like Christina, her story. As she hadn't experienced Jesus, the unforgiveness and the bitterness and the wounds of sexual abuse could have followed her her whole life. But Jesus said, that's not what I want. Her eyes were open. She said, stretch out your faith, Christina, to me. And she did. And she is experiencing a restoration. And I believe, I believe as sure as I'm here today, that she can move forward. Will she have the memories? Yes. This, this is a real thing that happened in her life. But she can go through it and live beyond it and now have a voice to other abuse victims and say, you can be free even of the crippling effects of sexual abuse. No time is lost with God. Decide today that you'll take Jesus at his word and when he says, stretch out your hand, no matter how long it's been since you thought you could, believe he has a miracle for you. Just watch and stretch and see it happen today. There's a story of a woman who had, in the Bible, who had menstrual bleeding for 12 years and not a monthly menstrual cycle. This was a constant, constant bleeding. And today that would be serious. And doctors would do surgery. It wouldn't go on for 12 years if medicine knew about it. And so the surgery would take place. But in this time and in this culture, there wasn't any help for her. She was all alone. She was by herself in her condition. She was trying to live with this condition that was so unbearable. And during these 12 years, she was looking for something that would help her and alleviate her condition. She couldn't find anything. Not only could the doctors not help her, but they took her money gladly, knowing they couldn't help her. And the scriptures tell us that the doctors of the time were literally ripping her off, kept keeping all of her finances until she spent all that she had looking for an answer she couldn't find. Spending everything she had looking for an answer she couldn't find. You might be in the room today or online watching, and you've wondered, there's got to be more to life than this. You've been looking for something to alleviate the emptiness and the pain of your life. This woman had a physical bleeding, but maybe you feel like you're bleeding out. You're living life exhausted and empty, 
without some kind of meeting, just surviving on your best day. And if you're like most people, you've spent a lot of money <laughs> looking for something that would just feel better or be better for you. And like this woman who tried to cope that way, at the end of your quest, not only are you not better, you're probably, and we are probably worse off. The Bible tells us this. When this woman heard about Jesus, she heard about Jesus. <laughs> she heard about Jesus. Well, she'd heard about him touching the blind man, and he couldn't see before, but now he can. She heard about a man with leprosy. That was a diagnosis of death. There was no coming back from leprosy, but he was completely healed. And she wondered, could he do that for me? The woman who was sick and dying, and Jesus raised her up, and this woman with the menstrual bleeding wondered, could he do that for me? See, she'd heard about Jesus. Maybe today you're here and you're just hearing about Jesus or your friends have told you about Jesus. You've thought, that's good for you, but that's not for me. That's okay for you. And we'll hear more stories today. And that, That's your story, but I don't really have a story. But something happened in this woman's journey that she just decided, I've got nothing to lose. I've heard about Jesus that can make a difference. And she came up behind him in the crowd, and she touched the cloak that he was wearing, right down at the, just his hem of the cloak as he passed by. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. See, she didn't want to make a spectacle. She didn't want to have a story that was kind of dramatic like everybody else. She just wanted to quietly, if this is real, I just want to be quiet about it. I'll just touch them, kind of come in and come out. And I, I, I just, what, whatever it is, I need it today. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she'd been freed from her suffering. Today, one touch from Jesus can change your before and bring you into an after. After I forgave my abuser, I, I just, I thought he was done. I went to bed that night. The next morning I woke up feeling like he wasn't done, like his work wasn't done, like he still had more he needed me to do. I went to my Bible and again, kept leading me to scriptures that made me just trigger the memory that, you know, he, he, he's a drug addict. I just pray for like his addiction to be broken. And again, it just, his presence was so strong in that moment, like he was hugging me and saying, you got it, You're, I got you and you can do this. And I prayed for his addiction to be broken. In that moment, I kind of, it kind of got my gears turning about my own life. And I realized, you know, the way I'd been going the last couple of years, I'd been, you know, addicted to marijuana. I've been just to try and numb out the anxiety and the depression that came along with everything that happened in my past. I literally couldn't go, like the first thing I would do in the morning was smoke. And I realized that it was an addiction and I realized that he wanted to stop it. And so I just prayed, I said, Lord, I need you to break my addiction because I can't do it alone. After I prayed for my addiction, I just, I felt like he was telling me to get rid of what I had. Um, and so I, I, I went out and I destroyed what I had um, left, which was about $150 worth of marijuana that I destroyed. And honestly, I felt kind of crazy in the moment. I felt like maybe I'm losing it. <laughs> but after I destroyed it, I, I, I was really sick after I felt like 
I was not well. Um, but I just kept praying for him to help me. And every time I would, I would feel slightly better. I haven't touched it since. I honestly don't want to. He broke my addiction that day. He, he broke that chain so instantly. Um, it, it's gone. Easter is not an event, it's an experience. Easter 2022, he wants you to move from your before and to live in his after of resurrection life. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does, as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be made as alive as Christ. Before I had this experience, I just, I never really thought about myself or where I fit in this, in this world because honestly, I didn't want to live in it. Didn't know where I fit in God's plan in this, in the church, anywhere. I just, I didn't fit. Thinking about my future, it felt hopeless. It felt pointless. Since that day, since I experienced Jesus and since I found him, I, I feel more hopeful for my future. I know that he has a plan because otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here today telling this story. I still don't know what's going to happen. I still don't know what's going to, like where I'm, I'm meant to be, but I want to be here for it. I'm getting water baptized today because it, it just feels right. It feels like the next step to bring my relationship with God, strengthen it and to, to be closer to God because I haven't so far. Today, I'm, I'm excited to leave all that pain and, and suffering in the past and to move forward with whatever it is that God has planned for me because whatever it is has to be good. Christina's coming right now. Come on down. Christina Goje-Brazzo, you are the next contestant. Go ahead and thank Christina for sharing so vulnerably and honestly today. before and after. I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed in this room. Just for a moment of reflection, we have some more water baptism that's gonna take place, it's so exciting. But I wanna take this opportunity right now 
to ask if you would say your eyes are open spiritually or if they're closed. You see, I believe Jesus is here and he's made himself real to you. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in a very long time. You were blind, but now you understand there's a God who loves you. He's for you and not against you. And he's inviting you today into relationship with himself. Or you're here with a life that's been crippled and disfigured. You're hearing today what Jesus did for Christina, what he did for the man with the crippled hand. And I want to tell you that he wants to say to you the same thing he said to Christina. I've got you and you're going to be okay. I have a future for you and it looks better than your past. Today is your day to stretch out your faith and trust him by giving him your life. Or maybe you're like the woman who tried everything. And you just said, I've heard about Jesus. Might as well try him. And here's what I love about Jesus. Even if that's the level of your faith, it's enough. <laughs> it's just enough. And he will surprise you. Just like he surprised the woman. Because when she touched his garment, he stopped and said, wait a minute. Power has left me. Somebody is being healed. Jesus is a part of your healing today. Today's your day to experience Easter. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, or this is the first time in a long time that you've even thought about Jesus, I want to invite you to make this your day, to make it your Easter. What I'd like to do is pray for you. If you'd like to be included in a prayer of invitation of inviting Jesus into your life, to experience him, to know him, and begin a journey with him of relationship that's as real as most of us in this room have been celebrating today, and the enthusiasm and the joy in this room is not because it's hyped up or there's some kind of emotional thing going on. It's because we had a before and now we have an after. If it's you today, I'm going to count down. If I could have the room lights just up a bit. Thank you, lighting crew. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If that's you today, I'm going to count down from five. I'm just going to go five, four, three, two, one. As our eyes are closed, you'll raise your hand. To say, I include me in the prayer, Pastor. I want this to be my Easter. I want to experience Jesus. If that's you, you're here today because he wanted you here to experience this in five, four, three, two, and one. Lift your hand all over this room. Yes, thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone back here? Let's just give it a moment as people are responding to Jesus. It's a holy moment right now. Church, we know what to do. Those of you that raised your hand, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with us. We could pray it for you, but it wouldn't be the same. I want you to pray with us today. Maybe it's your first time praying. He will hear your prayer. He will respond to it. Pray this prayer with us. Dear Jesus, I'm ready to experience my after. You're aware and I'm aware of my before. Today, forgive my sin. Come into my life. Wash me clean. I receive your love, your forgiveness, and my new life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's thank those people who made the best decision ever.